With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, and welcome to a State Secrets edition of the Land Grant Holy Land podcast. We're doing some new stuff in the feed this week, and one of the things that we wanted to do was give folks an insight into Ohio State recruiting, especially if you might not be the traditional recruit head that uh, a lot of people are. But my name is Matt Tamanini. I am joined by one of our recruiting experts here at Land Grant Holy Land, Patrick Mayhorn. And Patrick, what we're going to do here is you're going to tell me, somebody who doesn't know a ton about recruiting, what is important to know. We're going to do this uh, once a week, give you a good 15 minutes or so of recruiting information so that you can feel prepared to dive into the message boards and social media and talk about 16, 17, and 18-year-old high school students with some authority. So, Patrick, this seems like a perfect weekend to do that because I do know that this is Ohio State's spring student appreciation weekend. And while that generally means current Ohio State students, they're going to be bringing in a ton of especially 2020 really highly rated recruits to kind of give them a lay of the land. And the one that a lot of Ohio State fans probably have heard of before is a former Ohio State commit. He decommitted following the uh, announcement that Urban Meyer was leaving. That's legend Cavezos. Uh, but he's back on campus, Patrick, and that could be a really good thing for Ohio State. Yeah, it certainly could. And um, I will say real quick before I jump into this, no one should ever go to message boards. They're bad places that will <laughs> rot your brain. Um, except for except for the comments on Land Grant Holy Land. I don't even know about are... that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe don't read the comments. Don't ever read comments or replies or leave comments or email me or do anything. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, back on to the, the actual... Uh, topic of the show. Um, as you mentioned, Legend, Legend Cavazos is visiting this weekend along with um, quite a few other very talented recruits. And I, I think that he's probably the, if not the biggest name of the bunch, one of the biggest names of the bunch. And for good reason, he's very, very talented. And he's a guy who, um, as you mentioned, was at one point committed to Ohio State. He, he committed back when Urban Meyer was the coach and decommitted after uh, Urban announced his retirement, but is still very much interested in Ohio State as he gets to know Ryan Day a little bit better, as he gets to know the uh, the new look defensive staff that, that's been key for, for getting him back into the fold is talking to guys like Matt Barnes, guys like Jeff, Jeff Halfley as he you know learns who he might actually be playing for. Um, I think that getting him on campus this weekend, getting him on campus in general is a huge deal because he's one of those recruits who I, I don't think this is too inside baseball inside of, you know, recruiting for the general public to understand. He's one of those recruits that likes to play the game a little bit. He likes to, you know, tweet the 
tweet the pictures of him on his visits and, and get the responses from fans, which you should not do. Don't tweet at recruits. Um, he likes yeah, to. Retreats, re- <laughs> recruits can tweet. Just yeah. don't tweet yeah, back don't at them, tweet especially at... if they pick another school. Yeah. Don't don't be that. That's guy the or official girl. stance of uh, LandGrantHolyLand.com is do not tweet at recruits. Um, but he's one of those guys who likes to play the game a little bit. And he likes to, you know, go through the recruiting process, which is fine. It's it's understandable why he would enjoy some something like that. Why a recruit would want to do that. And he's a guy who, I think, will explore all of his options until he has fully settled at a school, um, which means that getting him on campus when there's a bunch of other really talented recruits also on campus for him to talk to, for him to see who could be in the class with him. He can go and talk to, you know, current players, guys who are working under this coaching staff and have been working under this coaching staff for a little while now. And I I think that getting him on campus relatively early like this, it's, you know, we're still quite a ways out from when these guys can actually sign in the 2020 class, getting him on campus early and presumably getting him on campus often is the biggest deal for Ohio state ultimately landing him, which they are very much still actively pursuing. So it is now, you know, mid to late ish March. The first opportunity that these players will have to sign is in um, is in early mid December, right? Yep. Yeah, that's, so, that's correct. Yes, we've got uh, quite a ways between now and when Legend or anybody else can can commit. What is that process going to look like for him? Do we expect him to be one of those guys that waits until that early signing period of December, or even the traditional first Wednesday in February date, or is there an opportunity for him? to decide, you know what, this is the school I like, whether it's Ohio State or somewhere else, I'm going to commit and then turn into a recruiter to try to get other guys to join me in this class. Um, I do think that he's a guy who, if Ohio State sells him and, and convinces him that you know, Ohio State is the place for him to be, the best place for him to develop as a player, get to the NFL, and the best place to win games, I don't think that he would just wait until December to make that official. I think that if he's sold on Ohio State or if he's sold on any school, I know LSU is very much in this recruitment. That's another school that he's been visiting uh, this week, and I don't know if he's done that visit yet, but he does have that planned. <clears throat> and I, I think that if he finds a school that he's sold on, he's not he's not going to wait it out. He'll just commit like we saw you know, earlier with Ohio State. He was, he was yeah. willing to commit pretty early on, and ultimately it was things kind of out of him, out of his control that changed that. This was not just a you know, a a flipping because he wanted to look around more. It was because something changed. And I think that um, he is a guy who I would almost certainly expect will be signing in December as has become kind of the norm in recruiting. It's it's pretty rare to see top recruits not sign in December. And I think that at that point, if Ohio State can – convince him that they have everything that he needs he is a guy who would who would sign early and i I don't think he's going to be waiting too long if he finds what he's looking for cool so who in addition is going to be on campus this weekend that fans should at least know the names even if they've never watched film on him or seen him actually on the field who are the other players that are going to be visiting this coming weekend that might end up being difference makers on the field in the future for ohio state well, I think that the the two other biggest names that Ohio State fans would know, or at least should know right now, is um, twenty twenty five star receiver Julian Fleming and twenty twenty. Hold on, just just to make sure that is twenty twenty, comma five star, not a twenty twenty five. 
No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2020. That would be way in advance. Okay. Yeah, I don't think anybody yeah, gotcha. is allowed to be recruited in 2025. Yeah, I, I think they can they can come to campus on their own. There's we, nothing wrong with yeah, that. We got to talk yeah, to Lane right. Kiffin about that. Um, and then the other one. So outside of Julian Fleming is uh, four star corner Henry Gray, who's also in this class. Um, those are two guys who Ohio State has been recruiting for a really long time now. Julian Fleming is one of the best receivers in the country, and this is a a very loaded. Uh, receivers classes as we have already seen with Ohio State landing a couple of them um, and he's a guy who I think this is mostly an Ohio State Penn State battle it feels like I think Clemson is in there as well but mostly Ohio State and Penn State because he's from the area out in Pennsylvania and um, getting him on campus as with uh, with legend is a pretty big deal I think that getting him around all these other top recruits and guys that he already knows at least somewhat I know that he does know legend Cavazos I think he knows probably Henry Gray just from the um, you know the recruiting circuit the camp circuit but getting him around these other top guys getting him more face-to-face time with Brian Hartline, more face-to-face time with Ryan Day. That's a big deal. That's something that you know can win you a recruiting battle, ultimately, is these visits and having good preliminary visits where this is not an official, but it, it will set up that official and make it so that in the fall when he visits for a game, you really don't have to explain the program so much. He can just kind of take in the environment, take in the atmosphere, and enjoy himself rather than being educated about what the depth chart looks like or what the coaching staff looks like. And that's that's why these early recruiting visits are so huge. And I think the same thing can be said for Henry Gray. Um, probably, if not the top cornerback prospect for Ohio State in this class, um, in the top four, I, I think that they will take probably four cornerbacks in this, um, this 2020 group. And I think that Henry Gray is right up near the top of that list, along with Cavazos, along with uh, Keely Ringo, who we'll talk about a little bit later from Arizona. Um, really, really talented player, really, really good cornerback. He he comes from um, one of the best schools in Florida from Miami Central. And I think that getting him on campus, again, is, you know, with these Florida guys in general, it's it's hard to keep them committed just because there are so many good schools down in the South. And you want to be close to home there and you want to be closer to family and sometimes it's hard to get them to come up north but i think that getting henry gray up north getting legend cavazos up north and then you know even a guy who's from pennsylvania and julian fleming getting those guys to columbus at the same time is a really really big deal yeah and this is the time of year when because they're in the middle of spring practice ohio state from the urban meyer era and now apparently into the ryan day era really knows how to make these events into big spectacles that we aren't really used to seeing in the past in terms of the spring. Obviously, we know that actual games are huge events for recruits to be at, but they figured out ways to recreate some of those things during the spring as much as humanly possible. So it'll be interesting to see if any of these guys are so bowled over by what Ryan Day and company are doing this weekend that they decide to commit. We're gonna I'm gonna ask you about that here in a little bit. But it is spring practice time, but it, that means it's also at the exact same time the end of high school basketball season in a lot of parts of the country. And that leads us to a couple really interesting things to talk about on the recruiting front for basketball as well. Um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but again, not a recruit head. So I'm going to defer to you. Uh, Ibrahim Diallo. Is that how you say his name? Um, I think it might be Ibrahima Diallo, but your your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, one thing that's not a guess is that he is one of the better centers in this 2019 class, if he were to join Ohio State 
he would be a huge addition to an already really loaded uh, three-person class. Ohio State is already currently ranked as the number one recruiting class for basketball in the Big Ten this coming season, the 2019 class. They're also currently 12th nationally. So that shows you how great of a recruiter that Chris Holtman has been. If he's able to, to add Diallo to this class, that would be a huge step up. And apparently, we've had some news in the last day or so about what the likelihood of him choosing Ohio State actually is. We have, yeah. Um, just, I think, yesterday, as of recording this on Tuesday, um, Jake Weingarten of um, StockRisers.com announced that Ibrahim Diallo had told him that his final two schools are Ohio State and Pitt and that he will be committing before the end of the month, which is, I mean... Obviously not a ton of time left to commit, seeing how the 2019 class is almost entirely signed at this point. But he he has kind of um, special circumstances here. And I, I think that uh, it, it is fair to <laughs> assume he will be kid- committing sooner rather than later. But being named in the top two is obviously a pretty big deal for Ohio State. He is a, a bit of an underrated recruit. Um, I, th- I think he's just a three-star off the top of my head. But seven-foot-tall, very, very raw prospect guy who has a ton of natural ability natural athleticism but just hasn't been playing the game that long but I I think that Ohio State would really really like to add someone like him who can come in and be a natural shot blocker immediately because of his size because he's just really good at blocking shots already Um, and not so much as a as a scorer but more of a defensive guy early on to to spell Caleb Wesson to you know have a little bit of extra defense when you take Wesson off the floor and to you know maybe just add a, a shot blocker to a roster that really doesn't have one right now. I mean, Musa Jallo seems to be the best shot blocker <laughs> on this roster currently, and um, I like Musa Jallo a lot. I don't think that's super sustainable. So I, I think that going and adding a guy like Diallo would be a really, really big deal for Ohio State, and they seem to have as good a shot as anybody, um, especially seeing yeah. how he was very, very recently on campus and seemed to have a pretty good job. Yeah, and I mean he's seven feet tall, two hundred pounds. So I mean he's not thick, not a lo- not, not a large man, no. <laughs> no, but he's if you look at some pictures of him, he's not stick thin like we've seen from a lot of European seven footers. He's he's got some size and some muscle on him. He's got some definition. There's a picture I'm looking at over on twenty four seven sports where dude looks ripped yeah um but so he he's coming my first question is more rhetorical how can a seven footer not have been playing basketball very long but secondly less of a question i come i was in school i actually lived in the same dorm and lincoln tower as ken johnson so i am very much uh a believer in Ohio State having somebody to guard the rim. Um, and if he can come in there and do that with the ability to play behind and learn from Caleb Wesson, and who knows, maybe Greg Oden, now that he's uh, graduating from Ohio State, gets a, a a more full-time permanent position with the team. That'd be a great person to learn from. But uh, adding some size to this class would really help moving forward because outside of Wesson this season, they really don't have a ton. If, if, if Kyle Young is your second best post player, um, he's great, but He's he, he's not the guy you want anchoring your defense. Yeah, and I, I think that, like you said, having a, a Ken Johnson type, someone who can protect the rim is a really big deal. And um, on the, the front of how he just never really encountered basketball for, for a long time, um, Colin Hill actually wrote a really, really excellent article about him over at 11 Warriors and mentioned how he's from Senegal originally and came over. Okay, to that Ameri- would explain yeah, it. Yeah, he came over to America to play basketball and um, grew up, didn't really like basketball growing up, but you know realized that 
when you're seven feet tall and pretty naturally good at basketball, that's something that you kind of have to look into. And he, he came to America to, you know, develop as a player to start the recruiting process and he's found that he's pretty good at it and that he actually you know likes it quite a bit and you know when you're a seven foot 220 ish pound teenager there's not a whole lot of other sports that you can do and I think that he has really found a, a specialty in basketball that he's really athletic for his size, like surprisingly, almost stunningly athletic for someone who's seven feet tall. He's really, really capable of running the floor. He's a guy who I think if he develops an offense could look a lot like a lot of the centers in the NBA currently do where they can kind of do it all. They're very long. They're, they're still very big, but they can also shoot. They can also run the floor a little bit better. And that's something that Ohio state has really never had just because it's not a thing that's existed in basketball for very long it's a very very specific style of player and he's certainly not coming to Ohio State if he does come to Ohio State as a finished product by any means he is a he is a developmental player from the get-go he is not ready made to play but I do think that when you have a coach like Chris Holtman who has proven he can develop talent, when you have a staff like this that has proven it can develop talent, that's a guy who's very, very interesting. And that's a guy who Ohio State pretty obviously needs on this roster that they just don't have right now, like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on him over the next uh, about 11 days, uh, 12 yeah. days from when we're recording. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have some information for you soon. Um, another thing we did want to mention is that while Ibrahima Diallo might be joining the 2019 class, one person that we know is definitely in the 2019 Ohio State men's basketball recruiting class is EJ Liddell. He actually went ahead and, you know, just did something, won his second straight state title. Um, real quick, talk about what Chris Holtman and company are getting from EJ in terms of a player. Well, you talk about you're going from Diallo, who's a developmental guy, to Liddell, who is, I think, as ready made to play college basketball as you'll get out of a four star. Um, he's not, you know, the immediate like one and done style five star player by any means, but he's a guy who has extremely you know, refined skills when it comes to scoring, when it comes to rebounding, shot blocking. He's just a very, very talented player. He's a very naturally talented player. He's a player who has developed quite a bit just in high school and is, you know, at, at six foot six, 225, I want to say, a little bit undersized for his position. He plays power forward mostly, but very, very good athlete. Um, like I said, elite score, both from outside and inside. I'm not sure he'll do a ton of three-point shooting at Ohio State, but extremely good at getting to the hoop. And perhaps the best thing that Ohio State gets out of him is that he's another rim protector. He he doesn't quite have the the size, obviously. Yeah, but, six, six, yeah, yeah, six six. He's you know he's he's got he's got some ups, um, but he's very much. A you know a, a player who can add that element to the defense a little bit more that Ohio State has, like I said, in Musa Jallo a little bit, but you get it in a wing, you get it in a guy who's a little bit more capable of getting up to the hoop without fouling and blocking a shot, which Musa Jallo has not quite added to his game yet, um, and that's a guy who I think can be in the rotation immediately, and 
it's it's that skill set that very refined technical skill and the ability not just as a as a scorer but as a ball handler despite his size and despite usually being a wing where he can play immediately he can play as a freshman he will be in the rotation as a freshman just like i think everybody in this 2019 class currently signed will they're going um, to have to be, basically. You'd think. Yeah, you'd think. I can't imagine DJ Carton's going to get to sit for very long. Um. Well, and, but that's – but what, what – by saying that, though, like, uh, Liddell is the lowest-rated player currently in the 2019 class, and he's 45th in the country. Yeah. So you would imagine that if the three of the top 45 players in the country are going to be in your class, they're going to play at least in spot duty or rotational duty as freshmen, especially when you've got a team that's going to lose two senior guards and is kind of suspect in almost every other position. So I would imagine that they're going to contribute, and that's why you'd think uh, Diallo is probably going to get some opportunities to play early on, even as a reserve, if he does end up as a part of this class. Yeah, for sure. I I, I don't expect we'd see a ton of Diallo if he is on the way to Ohio no. State, but you will see him play because Ohio State just doesn't have that many centers. It, it's still a roster that is pretty devoid of depth because of the the previous regime and the way that things ended entire with the previous regime yeah yeah entire yeah. recruiting class quitting uh on the program but yeah <laughs> all right so let's let's wrap this up real quick and for people who don't normally follow recruiting um, i think this term makes logical sense when we talk about crystal balls for players but it's not necessarily just predictions it's not like a, a miss cleo waving your hands with some scars kind of and that. some really big rings <laughs> well it is, but I mean, there is a, a lot of these crystal balls, um, which are part of 24-7 sports recruiting coverage. In, in some cases, they come from people who really do a lot of reporting and a lot of talking to recruits. So are there any movement or anything towards Ohio State for anybody either on the football or basketball side that we need to be paying attention to? Well, I think that the main ones, and Ohio State fans, the extremely online ones at least, have caught on to this a little bit recently. Um, the main crystal ball movement that we probably need to be at least somewhat aware of is around, um, as we talked about earlier, Legend Cavazos has picked up um, a couple projections to Ohio State in the last few days. I think that that ties in mostly with this weekend's visit as just a, you know, he's still very obviously considering Ohio State, and he liked Ohio State enough to commit before, so there's a pretty good chance he does again. Um, and the other one in this one is is something that uh, Kim comes as a little bit of a surprise, but not, um, not a huge surprise just because Ohio State has been recruiting him quite a bit recently and because he's a guy that Brian Hartline really likes. Uh, Florida receiver Marcus Rosamy has been getting quite a few crystal balls to Ohio State recently. He's a, a high four-star, rated number 32 in the country, very talented player, already a very refined receiver, um, a lot like Garrett Wilson in the way that he plays where he's very crisp route runner, very good athlete, very good hands. Um, really fits the the heartline mold if that's a thing already and <laughs> I, I think that he's another one of those guys where people are kind of seeing that he's already very interested in Ohio State Ohio State has reciprocated that interest and if he is to get on campus anytime soon this recruitment could be um, closed down pretty quickly with a with an Ohio State commitment so I think that those are kind of the two, crystal ball things that that people should be <clears throat> watching obviously things are obviously you know always changing in recruiting but i think that right now i'd be pretty confident in both of those guys eventually being buckeyes 
Yeah, and and Marcus Rosemay is that how you say his name? No Rosemay. idea. Rosemay okay, Rosemay. <laughs> yeah, everything's online now. No one knows how to say anybody's name. They don't anyway, put pronunciation um, guides. It's really a travesty. No, <laughs> they do. They do when they get to college, but yeah. not beforehand. But yeah, um, he, the other thing that might be working in Ohio State's favor there is he is a student at St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which has become a bit of a pipeline to Ohio State, uh, not only with uh, the Bosa brothers, but also Buckeye born and bred Hall of Famer Chris Carter is, is or at least has been active in that program uh, over the years. So that is definitely a recruiting benefit that Ohio State has when trying to get players out of one of the best programs in Florida. So definitely keep an eye on there. Anybody else in addition to those crystal ball watchers that we need to think about being on commitment watch? Um, I think this weekend with the the visits, the only one is is probably Cavazos. I don't see anybody of the the rest of that group committing this weekend. I don't think he does either, but um, probably the number one guy to watch in terms of just in general over the next month or so. I think Raheem Jarrett, receiver, is somebody who should who people should be just keeping an eye out for in general. Um, one of the more pro Ohio State recruits that you'll ever see, and I think a guy who mm-hmm. could commit really at any time. Um, Darion Henry, another one who people have been talking about for a while, and uh, Diamante Trainum, who I think visited recently, was on uh, high commitment watch there, did not end up committing, but I think could at, at pretty much any time. Awesome. Well, let's. we want to wrap up this first uh, state secret-specific episode by talking about our boy Bud Elliott's latest article about Keeley Ringo, who you mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, he is a five-star cornerback out of Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona, and he had some comments about um, some of the big programs that are recruiting him, Texas, Oklahoma, and, of course, Ohio State. Uh, what did Bud have to say about uh, this really uh, exciting prospect that could eventually end up being on the back end of Ohio State's defense? Well, I think that the main thing that people should take from Bud's article, which people should go read, I'm I'm hoping we uh, we can link it in the podcast description. I don't I don't know how that works, but yes, we can. Do um, that. Yeah, people should definitely go read it. It's very good, as uh, all of Bud's work is, and all of uh, SBNation.com's work. Um, had to do some shilling there real quick, but um, I, I think that the number one thing people should take from it is that he mentions that he likes Ryan Day a lot and that the coaching transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day really doesn't affect him, which is kind of rare <laughs> for recruits to say mm-hmm. um, after a coaching change. And I think a good sign that Ohio State still has things <clears throat> moving in the correct direction under Ryan Day and that Ryan Day is really able to continue what Urban Meyer was building and that recruits can see that that continuity and that recruits can see that hey things at Ohio State are still pretty good and that it's really not all that different it's just a younger guy who who does you know things in game who does things with game planning maybe a little bit differently and does things with his staff maybe a little bit differently and um as some specifically some on this podcast would say with uh okay. regards to the hiring practices does things a little bit better than the previous staff did <laughs> but at I, I think that yeah. At, yeah, especially at towards the um, latter. Not half. a huge, yeah. not a huge fan of that Greg that Greg Madison <laughs> thing. But outside of that, pretty good. <laughs> but I, I think that that's really the main thing to take away from the article is that he still likes Ohio State a whole lot. Ohio State still likes him a whole lot, and. As he mentions in the article, he's looking for a place where he can be comfortable, and it certainly sounds like he's comfortable, at least with Ohio State's staff, getting him on campus. Again, big deal, getting him to Columbus so that he can see the area, so that he can see the facilities. But I do think that him liking the new staff, him liking 
presumably Jeff Halfley and Matt Barnes and obviously Ryan Day is really, really good news for Ohio State. Yeah. But, you know, obviously having somebody who is a Mount Rushmore figure in terms of modern college football coaches like Urban Meyer leave the program is going to have an impact on especially recruiting. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like what he has helped build over the last, you know, six years uh, at Ohio State in the transition being so smooth to Ryan Day, I, I really don't see or anticipate it being a huge drop off just because of what they've been able to build and the dominance that they've had over the conference and in recruiting nationally. I feel like those relationships are built so well and Ryan Day is already so well respected even before he became the head coach that I think it's just going to be about reestablishing some of those relationships. Having Day, who obviously probably wasn't doing a ton of recruiting of defensive players, um, gets to know some of those players on the other side of the ball and can hopefully just kind of smooth over any rough patches that might have developed because of the transition and just keep things going just as smoothly as they were before. Yeah, for sure. Ryan Day is a really good coach, and he has <laughs> been working pretty tirelessly recently to um, – Smooth over, I think, is a good word. Uh, some of the relationships with some high school coaches in Ohio, high school players just in general, who were a little bit surprised by the um, the coaching change, as uh, quite a few of us were. But I think that you know that's that's a good way to to describe it. And um, again, people should be pretty happy with Ryan Day. He's a he's a good football coach. Their their team is in good hands. Yeah, that uh, that seems to be pretty self evident at this point. Well. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> everybody, for listening to uh, this State Secrets episode of the Land Grant Holy Land podcast. If you have questions about anything recruiting, don't tweet me um, because uh, I'm not going to have any answers. But if you want to tweet <laughs> me, yeah, I mean, if you want to have, if you want to ask me any other questions about anything, uh, feel free to do that at bwwmatt. You can tweet Patrick. Apparently, he doesn't read them. He is at Patrick underscore Mayhem. Well. <laughs> he reads them and then fumes about them in our Slack channel. Um, so you can tweet questions at him. Uh, really an exciting spring coming for both football and basketball recruiting, and hopefully we'll have some some booms coming out of both programs here in the next week or so. 